Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of He's Not Done Yet, and I believe this is number 17, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, just so glad you're here. If you uh, want prayer or uh, want to um, call me, love to hear from you. Reach me at 501-339-8017, that's 501-339-8017. 8017. Welcome. A new episode releases every Friday at 6 a.m. on Spotify, Google Podcast, and YouTube. Then it airs on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. on Victory Radio Station, 100.9 FM in North Little Rock, Arkansas. It's also on 95.3 and 1530 a.m. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links can be found on he's not done yet.com. He's not done yet.com. Well, we are so excited y'all are here today. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read a scripture and uh, then we'll pray. Today's scripture comes from Acts 10 and 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We just thank you today, God. We pray today, Lord, that you would anoint it, God, that it would fall on this, on holy ground, Lord, on good ground, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. shining way I'm in the glory land way telling the world that Jesus saves today I'm in the glory land way oh yes I'm in the glory land way I'm in the glory land way heaven is near and the way grows clear Glory land way. Listen to the call, the gospel call today, and get in the glory land way. Wanderers come home, oh, hasten to obey. I'm in the glory land way. Yes, I'm in the glory land way.
Well, today I have one of my, and I don't know if she knows this or not, but one of my heroes, um, somebody that I dearly love, somebody I look up to, um, somebody that um, now, you know, she uh, challenges me from time to time about my walk and and uh, encourages me in a great way. And I, I want to tell you uh, so much, Sister Candy Holmes, that I dearly appreciate you coming on and was looking forward to the day that we could get you on the show. And I just wanted to say thank you and Please just obey the Holy Ghost. Tell us about your life and and how everything, how you got here, because you have got a wonderful testimony. You just obey the Holy Ghost. Tell us whatever you want today. Yes, sir. Well, well, thank you for having me. And Brother McDougal, I just think you're the modern-day David. So, I mean, you're all, we just never know what you're going to do, but we just... I think the whole church takes their lead from you. If Brother McDougal's heading down front, well, it's time to go. And if Brother McDougal is not down front, then he's sick. Where is he? Because <laughs> uh, he'd be there. So, But, uh, well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I guess we're, we'll, you just uh, want to hear kind of how uh, my testimony, how I got here. Yeah, that would be great. Whatever you want to tell us today. When I was born, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was a child. Well, for real though, uh, when I, I was growing up, I had a lot of good people in my life. Uh, always had friends around, and I remember in grade school, one of my little friends, his mom was real sweet, and she would always get me and take me to uh, to church. She took me to took me to church with them, uh, just a church here in town, and I started going with them, and I really enjoyed it, and. I was about sixth grade then. Well, back up a little bit. When I was a little bitty, they'd take me to the Pentecost church. I didn't know the people there, uh, but my neighbors, some of them would go, and they'd pile a whole bunch of kids in the car, and we'd go. And I remember going there, and they had a picnic on the ground or dinner on the ground, they called it. <laughs> I liked that church. I really liked that. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. And I remember all the kids went down. They said, if you have any problems. And so I went down front, and... They said, raise your hand. So I raised my hands like that. And I remember they said, what's wrong? I said, well, I got all these mosquito bites on my leg. <laughs> and so, but childlike faith. Right. So, but I remember that as a little kid and going. But anyway, I got on up and <clears throat> they took me to the local church here and started going. Just loved it. Loved church. That was from about sixth grade till about ninth grade. Right. And I was just as good a a Christian as I could be, as that I knew to be. And uh, but then around ninth into ninth grade or so, I kinda got some friends that weren't, you know, church friends. Right. And I just kinda quit going. Quit going to church. And uh it wasn't this church at all. It was a different kind of church, but I I didn't go. But while I was there, they taught me, you know, to read your Bible, learned a lot of good disciplines. Read your Bible. You are faithful to church. Another thing they taught us, we had our own little envelopes. You know, you'd get your envelopes and you brought your ties, you know, to church. Yeah. And then you had these separate little envelopes. That was for the missionaries. Oh. So, I mean, they taught us a lot of, you know, good habits, things that you should do. So I learned that there, Yeah. some of that. Uh, anyway, so around ninth grade, end of ninth grade, quit going at all and went through high school and 
really just uh, totally quit going to church at all. Well, the end of my at the end of the senior year, I never forget we were going to plan in a big senior trip. We're going to go to Florida and have a big time, you know. Yeah. Well, a couple months before that, I went. A friend of mine talked me into going on a a youth trip. It was a young life. It was a Christian deal through the school. It wasn't through the church, but it's through the school. And um, I said, come on, let's go. We're going to go skiing. It'll be fun. So we went. Well, we went, and uh, one of the nights there, they had this devotion. So all the girls were kind of in our dorm. We'd been out skiing, had a big time. And so they got to talking about, you know, your future. What are you going to do? And I knew, you know, that I wasn't doing right. I wasn't living right. And I I knew that I shouldn't go to that um, senior trip. I just knew it. But I wanted to go, but all the other girls were making, like, consecrations. I didn't know the word for it then, but I know what that means right. now. Wow. And I, I, but I did feel the Lord. I, we didn't talk about it quite like we do now. I didn't know, but it was the Lord. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the Holy Ghost then, but I, the Lord speaks to people for sure. sure. And he, you know, I felt him saying, don't go, don't go on that. So I told those girls in that meeting that night, I said, I'm not going to go on that senior trip. I'm going to go to church. So I got back from that uh, little youth deal, and I went back to my old church. And it was really hard to go because all these girls had been good. You know, they'd been staying in church and living right and doing good. And I had been out, and I was just being a rowdy teenager. And so it was so hard to stay. I didn't I didn't have the power. I had the want to. And I wanted to do right, and I knew what was right on paper. But I did not have the power in me to, to stick with it. And so senior trip came around a couple of days before it's time to go. I had to tell them, are you going or not? And the one side of me was like, man, I need to stick with this. I told these people. I gave them my word. I wasn't going to go. And then all my friends that weren't there with me were like, oh, what are you trying to be, Johnny Christian? What are you doing? Come on. You know you want to go on the trip. And I let it get the best of me. I said, I know it. What am I doing? I, I want to go. So I went on the trip. And I know from when I went on that trip, it totally changed the course of my life for the next five years. It really did because... I didn't just fall off the wagon. I fell off the wagon down in and rolled in the ditch and rolled in the mud. Because after that, I thought, well, and I remember one of the youth leaders, I told him, I said, well, I'm going to go on this trip. And I had already told him kind of what was going on. And he was so nice. He tried to talk to me. He said, don't do that. You know, you, you know, you, you know that you should anyway, all that. Well, I didn't listen to him. I went on the trip. It did. It, it really changed the course of my life. Got back home. Forgot about church, didn't go to church, headed off to college. Oh, couldn't wait to get there and just, you know, what teenagers do when they move away from home and go to college. So I was there in school several years. And a couple years into it, uh, it was uh, January, it was right after January 1st. I get a phone call, I'm at college, and I get a phone call from my parents. And, uh, and they said, you are not going to believe this. And I said, what? They said, we got saved. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. Saved. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm supposed to bang on the table. <laughs> you got right. saved. That's wonderful. Yeah. 
saved, you know, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. You know, I'm we're good. Right. Well, I go home. I couldn't wait to get home to see them. They're going to be saved, you know. I was so happy, and I thought, well, I need to be saved. Anyway, I go home, and it was a, a Friday. I came home from school, college, and I was in, uh, just sitting in the house waiting on them. I got in there. I was going to watch some TV, you know, and wait for them to get home. Well, I go in the living room, and we had, this was back in 86, 87, 88, around there. <laughs> big, you know, we had big TVs in the little box. You push the button, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, the TV was not in there. And I thought, well, because we, people, I mean, anyway, sometimes robberies happened, you know. Sure. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> we just got new. Anyway, well, the TV was gone. And I thought, what in the world? Someone has stolen the TV. Okay. So I'm waiting and waiting. So finally, my parents come home, Norman Shirley, Clifton. So they get home, and, and they walk in the living room. And I'm looking at them, and they're just smiling. Now, Shirley, my stepmom, uh, she's been my mom forever. She, uh, she's standing there, and she did not have any makeup on. And that was very unusual. She had no jewelry on. Uh, none. I mean, and my parents had jewelry on every finger. They had necklaces just layered, you know, and just we were worldly, you know, right. hussy looking people. Um, so anyway, I said to her, I said, are you sick? And she said, no, I'm not sick. I said, where is the TV? Did someone steal the TV? And they said, no, nobody stole the TV. I said, what are y'all doing? Y'all are being sneaky. What are y'all doing? And so they sat down and they started explaining to me they got saved. I said, I know I'm so excited. You told me you got saved. I want to hear about it. Well, well, we got the Holy Ghost. I said, the what? And so they started explaining to me. And, boy, I got mad. I was happy they were saved, but I didn't want to be that saved because uh -huh. they were more saved than I ever was, and I was mad about it. And so then they, you know, I just didn't know, you know, I didn't know about that much saved. Yeah. So then they started inviting me to church. And I had gone before, and I really liked the, the Pentecost church. I guess yeah. back up just a little bit, um, a, couple, a year or so before my junior year, my sister died. And we had our, the funeral and everything at the Pentecost, at this first Pentecostal church. And the people here were so awesome. They were amazing. The most, the weirdest thing that I remember, though, it's kind of goofy, but, but it was real sweet. And it's now that I know the people in this church, it was classic. This church, I what I remembered most is all the stuff they brought to our house, and none of it was plain. It wasn't plain mustard. It wasn't plain uh, mayonnaise. It was real fancy. Everything and all the, the dishes they brought it on was fancy. All the bread was fancy. It was just beautiful. And I remember thinking, I've never seen such fancy stuff. And now that I've gone to this church for 30 years, that's just the way it is here. Right. Nothing's ordinary. Nothing's regular. Everything is it's over the top. Right. That's how pastor and bishop are. They're over the top. Right. So anyway, that made a big impression on me. So uh, I wrote my little will out. I'm 17 years old, and I wrote my will out. And I didn't have any money, you know, really, because I was 17. Yeah. 
But I left everything I owned to the First Pentecostal Church. Oh. I just thought that they were the coolest people. But I didn't know a lot about it, but I knew that. So anyway, all right, going back, I just had to tell you that part. So going back, my parents got the Holy Ghost, got in church. They started inviting me to church. Well, I started coming some. And then they started telling me all kind of stuff that I just didn't know. I didn't know about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know about baptism in Jesus' name. I didn't know about, you know, I'd seen Pentecostal people. Like, I knew the women didn't cut their hair and they wore dresses and all that. And that did not look like anything I wanted any part of at all. But now I liked them. I thought they were cool people, really nice. And I always thought I'd like to be like them one day. But I couldn't do that now, ever. Right. You know, I couldn't look like that. So anyway, go on to college and get out of school, go to work. And a couple years later, wound up moving back home. And uh, I thought I was going to get a big job in California. I remember coming down to the my dad's shop there and meet, going to lunch with him. And I was explaining to him that I was moving to California. I got a big job. And uh, we went to Fisher Steakhouse down there in Row City and couldn't even tell him my news for everybody walking up because he knows everybody. Yeah. You know, he and Shirley, they know everybody. And so I'm crying and he's crying and all the people are walking up, you know. And Anyway, told him I'm moving to California. Well, I don't know, a little time. And I'd gotten the job. They, they, people had called me, told me I was going to work for Monroe Shocks oh. in Cal. No, that's not true. It was Napa, Napa Auto Parts. Oh. I worked for Monroe, Monroe Shocks. It's Napa Auto Parts. Anyway, so all that fell through. Just totally fell through. I mean, I had gone, interviewed, got the job. It totally fell through. Well, what I didn't know is they're all praying, got the church praying. <laughs> Wendy Price, Sister Candy can't go to work and count. She can't leave here. She's right. got to come to this church. Right. Well, they didn't tell me they were doing that. I'd have been mad. <laughs> but their prayer worked. Yeah, it did. It just fell through. And so I did the thing that I did not want to do, the the worst, just total failure in my mind. I just went back to work for my dad. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go and right. be rich, you know, go. Yeah. But God knew. Right. I wasn't there two days, and they're inviting me to church. And I'm like, here they are, inviting me to church. I don't want to go to their church. Yeah. But they just kept on. And I wanted to make them happy. So I went to the church. And I went to the church, and I was mad. I didn't want to do all that. I'd tell them, y'all are in a cult. This is crazy. I don't want to do that. And then I'd get mad at them, slam the door on them. We'd get in a fight. I just, why do you think you're right? I was going to church when y'all didn't have anything to do with it. I was bad. Bad attitude. But God knew. So... Anyway, I started working for them, and I'd come to church, and then they'd invite me to their their uh, dinner on the ground and um, their potlucks and um, their things where they were having stuff, and the people were so nice, and they were so sweet. And they just treated me like, I don't want to say a movie star, uh, they just treated me like I was just the greatest person. Right. So every time I came to the church, I just felt, I mean, I was mad. I didn't want to be like that, but I couldn't help but be happy because everybody was so sweet to me, right? kind to me. It was the Lord. That's right. So anyway, I guess it was November the 8th. Uh, 
I came. No, that wasn't November the 8th. That, that was a different day. I know what it was. Well, I don't know if I'm going to tell that part, Brother McDougal. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, a Sunday morning after a very long Saturday night, I got up and I called Sharon Blakely. And I told her, I said, I, I wanna. I didn't call my parents. I called her. I said, I wanna. I wanna go to. A, I think I wanna go to church over. It was a different Pentecostal church. Yeah. Uh, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I knew at that church, like you, you could cut your hair. Right. And you could wear makeup. Right. And I, I like that because I like the music, but yeah. I didn't wanna do all that other stuff. Right. So I called Sharon Blakely. We wound up talking on the phone for about three hours. And she said, uh, I said, I said, well, the reason I called is I want to go to church with you. It's already past church time. She said, oh, no, we don't have church. We have church today at 3 o'clock. I said, oh, are you serious? She said, yeah. I said, man, I'm supposed to start a job today at a bar at 3 o'clock. She said, no, not really. You're not going to work at a bar, are you? I said, no, I'm scared. I'm scared now because, I mean, I knew enough about God to know that that was like too much of a, you know. Right. So I said, no, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit before I even start. So I called over and told them, I said, I, I can't come. I didn't want to work at a bar anyway. Yeah. So they were having church at three. So Sharon said, well, come on with me. So I went to church with Sharon at three o'clock, and that started me, kind of coming to church. But then it was November eighth. That was yesterday. Yeah. November eighth, nineteen ninety two. I was uh, Sunday night, and I had. This is how. Just anyway, I got all dressed up because I thought, well, I think I'll go get the Holy Ghost tonight. <laughs> so I got all dressed up, and I was just really duded up. I mean, I had really fixed up. Thought I was really something, and so. I came to church, and Sister Judy Newberry, she came over, and she kind of said, come on, come on down. She said, come on over to the winning side. Okay. I was scared. I had never gone down front to pray before because I saw what all they did to those new people. So I went down there, and by the time they got through with me, my shirt was just sweated totally out. I had my hair was all matted up, mascara everywhere. I looked oh. like I had been through a ringer. And I didn't get the Holy Ghost. So um, I thought, you know, so I started kind of coming to church. And then I got it in my mind, you know, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I, then I had a goal. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. Right. Because I want to see if it's real. Right. And then I was mad. I was like, well, I'm not leaving now till I get it. But I couldn't get the Holy Ghost. I did everything. Uh, I, I did everything they told me to do. I came to prayer at 6 o'clock in the morning. Back then, I mean, I didn't roll out. I mean, if I didn't have to, till 1 or 2 in the afternoon. I could sleep all day. And I was like, i got to get this Holy Ghost. Then I can go on and leave if, if it's, no, it's not what they say. Right. That My thinking was so crazy. Anyway, so several months went by. And I did everything I could to get the Holy Ghost. So they pushed me, they pulled me, they'd pull on me. And one night I got so mad, this I felt like somebody had started from the back of the church and ran all the way down and pushed me. And I turned around and I 
boy, I was so mad. Like, and I stomped out of the church like a baby. And Sister Sharon came out there. She said, come back in. I said, no, I can't. I look like a nut. She said, no, you don't. That's the devil. I didn't know all about the devil yet. Yeah. I didn't know all that stuff. Right. So anyway, I said, no, but I'll come back tomorrow. And the next day, I bet I had five people call me. They were so worried that I wasn't going to come back. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to come back. Yeah. I just made a fool of myself, and I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to come back. Don't worry. Yeah. The very yeah. next week, it was, uh, that was on end of February then, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Hey. Sunday night. I had decided whatever they if they stand me on my head, I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to I'm going to stay with it. So I went down there and and I raised my hands and that was the first time what we would call getting a blessing. And it was the first time I just felt the Lord, and I'll never forget it. I just lifted my hands, and if you're not Pentecostal and you're listening to this, well, you just got to come taste and see. Right. You won't even know what I'm talking about, so you just come on and see. That's right. But I lifted my hands, and I just, I mean, I started shouting all over the place and just jumping, mm. and, oh, it was so fun. And after a few minutes, I sort of opened my eyes, and I, I'll never forget, I said, that was fun. <laughs> and when I was in the world, I mean, I wanted to go, drive the car as fast as we could drive it. I right. want to, uh, I, I jumped out of a plane. We jumped off big old bridges in the, just crazy. Anything you could do crazy to see if you could almost kill yourself. Yeah. How fun would it be? That's what I like to do. But that February the 14th. Wow. 1993 then. When I felt that first touch of the Lord, I was hooked. I mean, I was addicted. Yeah. <laughs> I was hooked. And so then it just took on a whole, it went, took it to another level. Like, hey, I like that. Hey. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost now because I want to. That's right. So anyway, that next week, uh, the 21st, February 21st, the Lord, he's sneaky, you know. And so that Sunday, uh, my parents, my uh, grandma, She's bedridden my whole life. My parents, that's a whole nother story. They they uh, prayed through down at my grandpa's house or repented yeah. at a prayer meeting at his house Yeah, a couple years before, three years before. So anyway, that Sunday there was a special preacher in town and, and uh, Bishop Holmes and Pastor Nathan at the time. He was probably 14, 15, 16 years old, I don't know. Uh, maybe not that old, but anyway, they went and my parents went. We went down to my grandpa's house back in this little bitty old house, little bitty bedroom in the back, going to lay hands on grandma. And so they invited me. So I was like, oh, yeah, man, I want to see a miracle. I've yeah. always heard about this. I want to see somebody jump out of the bed. Yeah. That's the only reason I went because I wanted to see it. I thought, well, we're Pentecostal. Yeah, we. I want to see it. So I went. I wasn't thinking anything at all about praying. So we're all standing around, and I remember telling Pastor Nathan, I said, isn't this cool how y'all can all just stop, drop, and roll and just cry like in 60 seconds? <laughs> how do y'all do that? And we were laughing, you know. And so so we got to, they got to praying for Grandma over there, and Brother Holmes said, Sister Candy, come on over here. Let's pray. I said, here, sir. 
you know, I didn't know how to pray like that. I didn't. I was staying over in the back. I was watching. I would see Grandma jump out of the bed. Yeah. So I got over there, and you know, Brother Holmes, he shake you. Sister Al Holmes was there too. She'll shake you. You know, till your lights come on. That's right. So he said. So I'm standing there, and I remember he said, "Sister Candy, go to hollering." And I was like, like thinking, well, you know, we're not at church. We're here at somebody's house. (laughs) And all these people. So I went, woo, woo. And it wasn't just a minute. And and he said, close your eyes, Sister Candy. And so it wasn't just a minute. And it just, the Lord, that that feeling came back. Mm. That Holy Ghost. And I was... Uh, I just, I'm, I'm weird. I don't know. Most people you see when they get the Holy Ghost, they're praying and crying. And, and I was looking around and I was saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then my tongue just, I, I don't know. It was like trying to speak something. And I was looking at them like, you know, what, what's going on? And Brother Holmes said, just close your eyes, Sister Candy. Just keep praying. Tell, say, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I did, but it started, it was, it was speaking in tongues. Yeah. And I'd stop and look at them and smile real big. And they'd say, close your eyes. Just, but I was too excited. Yeah. There was, I wasn't crying. I wasn't even crying about it. I was having fun. Mm -hmm. So I just started, I closed my eyes and just started worshiping. We just shouted all over the bedroom. So, but isn't that cool, Brother McDougal? My parents, three years before that very house, that's where they repented. Mm. Then, for whatever reason, several years later, the Lord decides to give me the Holy Ghost there. Wow! I think He did it for my grandmother. Oh yeah. She had. She was always. She's been bedridden, you know, my whole life. But when she was, you know, well and young, she had, she took the kids to church. They went to the Pentecost church. So maybe he did it for her. I don't know. But he filled me with the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget. We left there. And <coughs> I was driving down Broadway. Pulled up by where the McDonald's. I don't even think it's still there anymore. Pulled up. And it said, you didn't get the Holy Ghost. Ooh. And I hollered as loud as I did too. So anyway, and I knew. I said, that must be that devil they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I got the Holy Ghost that day and went back to church, and I was so happy to tell it, be uh-huh. able to finally tell them, I yeah. got the Holy Ghost yeah. today. <laughs> and after that, I didn't have any more problem. I wasn't, before that, it was just, everything was a struggle. I, yeah. I was only coming for that goal, you know, right. that I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. But when I got it, I couldn't wait to get there. I was hearing the most amazing preaching all kind of stuff I never knew, right. all about the Bible. I learned about the devil. I always just thought I was a horrible, terrible person. Mm. And, of course, we are. The Bible says we're born in sin. Yeah. But I was so happy to find out there was a real devil, and I could blame <laughs> some of it on some. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it's just been wonderful, wonderful life. Yeah. That's that part of it. Well, I tell you what, that's a fantastic story, I tell you. Now, tell us, um, you are the principal here at uh, 
at uh, Calvary Academy. So tell us, how did that come to be? I mean, you hadn't always been the principal. So, I mean, what, what, uh, I mean, how did all that come to be? Because Brother Pomeroy called me and told me. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he's taken all his good lessons from Bishop. Oh, he yeah. Just, yeah. He just called and said, basically told me that I was going to be the, <laughs> that I was going to be helping him some right. in the elementary. Yeah. Well, be the uh, assistant, what do you call it? The assistant vice principal for elementary. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then um, what is the, I guess, the, the story of how you became a school teacher? Well. Uh, and then, you know, it went into you being the principal, yes, I guess. Uh, what's kind so of I got the, the, got the Holy Ghost yeah. in church several years, and uh, the Lord sent me my good husband. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other story, Brother Google. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a fun one. But the Lord sent me a good husband. and uh, How did I, y'all meet? Oh, Lord. Well, that's well. I had a lot of jobs, Brother McDougal. Right, right, right. I've counted them up about 30. 30? Sorry, Sister Hollis. <laughs> yes, I was a professional job person. So, anyway, no, I'd had a lot of jobs, and uh, the Lord was just preparing me, see. Right. Well, anyway, uh, Brother Holmes, one day in the hallway over there right by where my office is now, he's, he asked me where I was working, told him some old job. And, uh, uh, oh, wait, we were talking about the my husband first. Yeah. For the school teacher. My hubby. Either one. Uh, went to work at a place called Pettis Office City. And it was just a couple days for my 26th birthday. And I was in the church, but I was just sad because I wasn't just, I figured I'd be a billionaire by the time I was 26. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to be one, but I just figured I'd be just rich. And uh, and I wasn't. And uh, anyway, so went there and I met uh, Mike Holmes. And the first day that I, I went to work there, he I was at the copy machine, you know, doing something. And he came over there and he was talking to me and he said, I'm going to marry you. Well, we did. We did get married. <laughs> you sure did. Yeah. He told, I liked him right away. Oh, yeah. So I like this guy. He's got confidence. <laughs> so he did. And uh, I kind of laughed when he told me that. And he would make all these jokes with me and ask me out on dates. And I'd tell him, no, I don't, I don't really go on dates. I said, you know, I'm not looking for a date. I'm looking for my husband. And I know that you're not it. And he said, well, how do you know I'm not it? I said, because you're not Pentecostal. And I'm Pentecostal, and I, you know, that's, and I, I hadn't had, I hadn't even had a boyfriend being Pentecostal. I didn't know what you were supposed to do, where you were supposed to go on a date or any of that. So, anyway, he he did ask me. He said, "Well, if we went on a date, where are we going to go?" I said, "I don't know, library. <laughs> you know, I don't know." Uh, so anyway, so he's always cutting up with me and writing me little notes. Uh, Will you go on a date with me? Check box yes or no. Yeah. And I'll put no. Yeah. So anyway, one day I wrote back, but you could come to church with me. And he checked box yes. I said, okay. And he had told me, he said, well, you just give me a list of the rules at your church. I can do them. So anyway, all fun aside, so he he came to church. And, it, you know, he was nice and everything. And 
it, he just went home after and he came to church. And I thought, well, Monday morning, if he if we get in the office and he is cutting up about my church or says anything, I said, I'm, I'm not saying another word. Well, he didn't. He was real nice about it. So anyway, long story, he started coming to church. And same thing happened to him that happened to me. <laughs> the Lord got a hold of him. That's right. He got the Holy Ghost, and we we were married, and we've been married 25 years. Wow. So, Isn't that amazing? Yes, sir. So, so okay, so the teacher deal. Uh, I told him, I said, when we got married, I said, now, I'm pretty easy to get along with, you know. I have a lot of jobs. I said, but the only thing is I, I do I do not know where I'm supposed to work and what I'm supposed to do in my life. And I get frustrated with that. So you're probably you might get mad at me sometimes about that because I whine about it all the time. And I have a lot of jobs. He's a, okay. Well he had a good job. So I guess he's worried. Right. Well anyway, so we have uh, been married a couple years and it was on a Sunday, I think, or I don't know. And anyway, he he kind of got mad at me. We're at the dinner table. I don't remember what happened, but he kind of got mad at me and made me cry. And I never cry. And well, he felt bad then. I love that. That was fun. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so but he made me cry. And I said, Well, I'm just gonna fast. I'm gonna I'm gonna fast about it. I need to know, you know, where I need to work, what I need to do. And he said, Well, I'm gonna help you. So we were fasting. We were going to fast for three days. So we start fasting, and uh, and I was working at this one job. It wasn't a good job. And anyway, I left during the middle of the day of that job, and I just went to the church. And I saw Sister Alice. I said, Sister Alice, do you need any help in the school? I've I got some time, and I could help do something. She said, Oh yes, hon, come come right in here. Of course, don't ask Sister Alice that. She'll put you to work. <laughs> so she. I went upstairs in what was Sister Tanisa Bourne's old classroom, fourth grade. And Tanisa was uh, with her family. They had uh, Her dad was really sick at that time. And so I went in her room and was working on papers and tearing papers out. And I remember thinking, ugh, I could never do this job. This would be boring. And there's no windows in here. I can't see out. Ooh, no. So anyway, we're fasting. Uh, Another day goes by, and Sister Alice calls me down to her office. Sister Trammell's in there. And she says, well, Sister Candy, would you would you mind? You think you could teach school for about six weeks? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And then I told her, uh, and then, oh, wait, then she said, we, you don't have to teach uh, math. Sister Trammell will teach the math. You'll teach the other subjects. And I was like, Really, Brother McDougal, <laughs> you may not want to put this on here, but I can't teach second grade math. Sorry, Sister Ellis. I'm terrible in math. Awful, awful, awful. The Lord sent me my good husband. He takes care of all that. Right. But I am. I'm terrible at that. And so I said, Sister Ellis, can I tell you something? She's like, oh, yes, huh? So I told her what was going on. I said, we're fasting, and you just gave me a job here at the church. <laughs> it must be the Lord, That's you know. Right. And then you told me I don't have to teach math. So, anyway, that was in ninety 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 nine. Ninety nine. Oh. And so I started in fourth grade. Poor little things. Oh. Yeah. 
and I've been here ever since. You've never left. No. Well, I left a couple years when I got kids. Got oh. I took care of my kids a little bit. But but I but I started in ninety nine. You come right back, didn't mm-hmm. you? And now you're the principal. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Yeah, Brother Palmer, he just called me up, told me I was going to be doing that job. And I said, yes, sir. And so, uh, but it worked out really cool. The Lord knew because uh, for two years I was here and helped with elementary. But God knew that we had that building, that the high school was going to be moving, and Brother Pomeroy would go what a miracle. take care of that. So somebody would have to be here helping out with this part. What a miracle. That was a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's all been a miracle, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. The Every. Lord, he just leads us and guides us every step of the way. It's it's hard to see in front, but it's sure easy to look back and see how oh, he did it. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Well, thank you so much for coming and telling us your testimony and your story. We sure have been blessed today. I tell you, I'm, um, I sure am. I think a lot of your husband, and uh, I try to spend time with him every chance I slip up on him and try to get him to slow down and, and spend a little time with me. I got to drink a cup of coffee with him last night, so it was real enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And um well, thank you so much, Sister Holmes. We love you. And uh, right now, uh, my pastor is going to sing us a song. Cool. You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping, so you clean. Up inside, you thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know. Oh, you thought I was worth saving. Yes, you did.
So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought.